and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV. I'm Nick Goodall, Head of Research for CoreLogic, and today we're celebrating International Women's Day by speaking to three very successful and influential female leaders in the property and banking industry. So today, I'm very excited to be joined by Simone Moores, New Zealand Country Manager for CoreLogic, based up in Auckland. Also up in Auckland, Debbie Mills, Tribe Lead for Home Ownership at ASB. And here in Wellington, uh, dialing in from home, I'm joined by Viv Gurry, Chief Executive for the Property Institute of New Zealand. Welcome, ladies. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Thank you. Good morning, Nick, and thank you very much. Cheers, guys. All right. Well, um, firstly, I thought good to chat to you guys and ask about, you know, your brief history of your careers. Simone, obviously, you started relatively recently here at CoreLogic. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got here and maybe what pulled you towards the property industry? Sure, Nick. Um, well, I've had a 25-year um, career across the globe um, in financial services and also the telco and IT industries. Um, and the one thing that I learned is that really how the right data um, impacts um, business decisions. Um, I also grew up on a farm on the land, so I've always felt a strong connection to property and to land. Um, so the residential property market in New Zealand is worth $1.35 which just blows me away. It's extremely important to um, the New Zealand economy. So, you know, when I look at my background, where I came from in IT and data, um, and then my interest in property and that connection I have, um, CoreLogic just seemed like the right decision and that the right next move for me um, for my career. No, awesome. I mean, you've certainly got enough data there for you, so we'll keep you interested <laughs> over, over the years, I'm sure. So, um, so Debbie, then how about you? How long have you been at ASB and maybe more specifically in your current role in that uh, tribe lead for home ownership role? Yep, thanks, Nick. Well, the answer to that, both of those questions is actually the same thing. Um, I joined ASB just over a year ago, um, having been tempted to cross over the water from Australia to come and work for both a great values-driven company in ASB, but also a real chance to build a great experience for people to get them into their dream homes. Yeah, I love that. And you've obviously had quite an kind of extensive um, history and uh, experience in the banking industry, is that right? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to have a range of diverse opportunities across the world. So I started out in the UK, but I've been working all across Europe, um, then South America, then back to Spain, and then more recently into Australia before ed heading over here. So always in banks. Um, and it's been a great chance to really learn firsthand from a whole raft of amazing people. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, that's an extensive, you know, being able to work in all those different countries as well is, uh, must be really intriguing. Certainly is. And it's it's been a really great chance to kind of get to know and really think about uh, what makes a difference. But one trend that's really stuck out for me um, as I've been doing this has been the change and the rise into financial well-being. Um, and I personally, one of the reasons I joined ASB is because that's at the heart of what we do, um, financial well-being, or put more simply, how we support customers to achieve their everyday, rainy day and one-day goals. And I guess everyone's goals are different, um, but as a bank, we're in a really privileged position to help make a difference in that. Um, and from simple things like developing the right um, habits, financial habits um, that make a real difference through to, you know, understanding not what a bank wants to lend you for your home, but actually how much you want to borrow in the context of you and your life. 
Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think that's certainly something that's changed quite considerably over the years has been that responsible lending side of things from the banks. And it's good to see such a shift towards helping up those people because, as you said, it's lending for people's lives uh, rather than seeing it just for a house. So um, love to hear about that. And just on the international side, actually, I just want to jump back to you, Simone. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you worked all around the world as well. Did you want to just give us a bit of a brief history to some of those places that you've been able to work at um, over the years as well? Um, Yeah, so I started out my career here in New Zealand um, and then I, like everyone, when I um, did an OE and moved to the UK and I worked in financial services there for six years um, and then came back to New Zealand yet again So um, and um, worked here for a few years um, and then decided I wanted to go back overseas to learn a new language and go to a different country and culture. Um, So I went, um, I was very, very lucky with Vodafone in my career to uh, move to um, a number of different countries. So I worked in Germany um, and then back into the UK again um, and then in New York for five years um, running a global sales team. And then, of course, the stronghold to New Zealand, um, which really is the best place in the world um, to come back here to raise my family. So I've been here for the last um, five years. Um, But, you know, I think... um, New Zealand culture is very diverse. Um, you know, probably when I left New Zealand 20 years ago, um, it didn't seem that there were that many nationalities working here. But coming back, um, there's just so many um, you know, diverse cultures and people in New Zealand. Um, and I think it's just such a really wonderful place for that. Yeah, no, great call. Um, all right, then I'll jump to Viv then and uh, hear about your career too. Obviously, you've been, I think it's 18 months in that role at the Property Institute. How has that gone for you? And can you tell us about some of the previous roles that have sort of shaped you to get to where you are today? I did actually have a little bit of stalking of your LinkedIn profile. I did note a range of different industries that you've worked in, and that must give you a really awesome, broad perspective um, on on work life, especially here in New Zealand. (laughs) Don't you just love social media, Nick? Good (laughs) on you, good on you. Um, You know, what's really interesting, actually, listening to Simone and, and Debbie, is you've got three ladies here today who are, all three of us relatively recent to our roles, and all three of us global travellers. So we'll touch on that in a second. So you asked the question about the Property Institute. So as you know, Nick, you know, the Property Institute is the home of property professionals, and we're advancing all of our communities for the benefit of New Zealand. And we're very clear about who we are and what we do, right? So we've got three major priorities. Our professional communities are putting members' needs first charting our course to enable our members to thrive and of course championing championing our communities and raising the bar of professionalism and you know what this really does demand a unique set of competencies and skills to lead and so over 35 years in governance and executive leadership roles as you know Nick across a variety of sectors most definitely offers a broad perspectives and I sort of draw on that and learn from that day by day. Um, I started my career in tech in the UK, um, leaving permanently over 30 years ago. And since then, like Simone and Debbie, I've worked across the globe, travelled all over the place, um, Australia, Europe, the States, um, and of course, working up in Asia for a while, mainly. And it's also an interesting stint in Papua New Guinea up in the islands for two years, which you know, if we'd got an hour, I could regale you with some very interesting stories about that. But the experience has spanned tech, health, corporate, and of course, membership services. 
but there's a common theme to all of that, right? So that's about delivering professional services to organisations and people. And that's what it's all about. It's skills that build relationships with people. I thought um, a topical highlight, maybe not quite so topical now we've all gone into this um, COVID lockdown again, was leading the million of dollars sponsorship for the America's Cup as CEO of SAP, which for those of our listeners who may be not quite so familiar, SAP was is the largest ERP software company globally. And we put SAP on the spinnaker of Team New Zealand through that sponsorship. And keeping with the theme at that time, being the only female chief executive for a while in the tech, tech sector in Australia and New Zealand. Wow. Interesting times. Yeah, I bet. No, that's really good to hear. <laughs> it, is, it is really interesting to hear, you know, all such global roles and, and really being globetrotting around the world. They're very varying degrees careers too um, but obviously you know it does give you a great perspective and, and help you to be successful in the future and I, and I suppose just sort of touching on that I was thinking you know none of you have likely got to where you are without challenging the norm at some stage sort of mention you know it's pretty amazing being the uh, only only female chief executive there for a while there Viv um, and it, it's interesting to tie this back to the theme of 2021's International Women's Day is choose to challenge and so sticking with you there, Viv, I wondered, you know, what does this phrase mean to you? How have you maybe used that in your career as well? Yeah, well, I thought about that at length because, you know, we, we choose to challenge all sorts of stuff on a daily basis. But I wanted to stick with the International Women's Day theme as I, as I answer that. And um, it sort of fits beautifully into three things I talk about to aspirational women. And I talk about it a lot and often. And there's three things. So we need to choose to challenge our environment. So this is about women choosing property and then the environment has to fit. Um, we need to choose to challenge the support we offer each other. So women supporting women, but importantly, people supporting people. It's really not exclusive. And I just want to highlight that. And then most importantly, I think as women, we need to choose the challenge um, the expectations that others put on us. You know, constantly we hear the refrain to women, you can't have it all. Well, I'm here to tell you actually we can, and I have, and I do. Um, so I really do want to put that challenge out to all women today, International Women's Day, and say, challenge ourselves, be aspirational, and choose to challenge the expectations we have of, our, of ourselves. Yeah, no, great call. And I think, you know, Debbie, that's got to be relevant for you working in big banks all the time as well. Those expectations have got to be, uh, have got to be challenged, right? Uh, totally agree, um, both of you. Um, I think for me, um, choose to challenge. I think the pose says it all. I don't know if you've seen the pose with the kind of stopped hand up in the air as if you're kind mm. of stopping traffic. Yeah. And it, it really is that reflection that every single day we all have numerous moments where we can either choose to walk past something, choose to not challenge something, choose to not do something. Um, and it, some of these may seem really, really small, but whoever we are, you know, we come with biases, be they biases about ourselves or biases about other people. And it's really, for me, just making us reflect that when challenged with them, when we see them, don't walk past, you know, stop, put your hand up. Probably not maybe as visually as that, but metaphorically in our heads do that and really challenge what we see and bring others into our world. You know, we've all been 
as we've heard, had the great opportunity to work globally. And if there's anything that that really teaches you, it's of the power of what an inclusive team and bringing all that diversity together does. And we only get that if we stop and challenge those biases and together we can be even more amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, great call. Anything uh, you want to add to that, Simone? Um, yeah, I totally agree with um, Viv and Deb. Um, look, it's, um, you know, particularly, it's not just about, you know, women and careers as well. Um, also, you know, we are in the, um, you know, property and finance industry and women and property ownership. Um, it's really important um, for empowerment. Um, and, you know, I sort of look at it as that, um, you know, choose to challenge yourself in your own ceilings and your own beliefs. And it's not just about um, women either. It's, it's in general, it's for everybody. Um, and, you know, we all have self-doubt um, and that's okay, but it's actually choosing to challenge yourself and, um, you know, as um, Viv and David said as well, you know, and helping others to be the best they can be. Um, that's what that's what this is all about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, you know, and especially, you know, a lot of you come from you know, tech backgrounds as well, and those industries have been previously dominated um, by males as well. So, you know, but you're not going to, you know, you're not going to cut your way through that industry without challenging uh, really strongly um it's just it's just good to hear those, those examples times that you've had to do that and obviously been very successful doing it so yeah and no, i really like like to hear about those um you know and and speaking of that as well you know we have been through some significant change you know obviously we've going in the last year of course with covid i think over the years we sort of touched on it earlier debbie about you know the banking um, industry and how much change has been through there the regulation the government's obviously weighing in quite significantly as well. And, you know, there's no doubt about it in my mind. Obviously, I'm pretty biased here. But the property market seems to be the number one topic for New Zealanders right now. So it's getting lots of attention, lots of focus. Everyone's got an opinion on sort of what's happening next. I thought it was worthwhile just asking you guys, you know, what do you think is going to happen next? Or, you know, what are some of the things that excite you about the future of the industry? You know, what are things that are happening in the banking industry or in the property area? And, and Viv, with all the people you're talking to, with all your members, we were sort of expecting things to go. Or, or maybe you can be more specific about your business and what's coming up for you guys. So, Debbie, I thought we'd jump to you first. And if you've got any thoughts on, you know, where things are headed. Cool. Thanks, Nick. Well, as you say, it's no surprise the market is pretty heated right now. Um, and every day we're reading about the shortage of housing stock and the ever-growing challenge for first-home buyers really trying to get their uh, feet on that ladder. And at the same time, we've also got a lot of talk at the moment about kind of New Zealand's environmental and sustainability commitments um, and the differences New Zealanders want to make to the world. Um, and I guess one of the things that really excites me is the, is the possibility of where all these trends come together. You know, how do we, the government, property, building, finance industries, truly work together um, to build affordable and sustainable housing and create a realistic path to help people get into that first dream home. There are a number of conversations you know, underway all over the place with various different um, parties on these topics. But the thing that kind of is in my head is how do we accelerate and really start testing which of these will work um, and make that difference? Yeah, I mean, there's so many options and so many things that people are thinking mm -hmm. about, right? Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I mean, one of the ones is obviously open banking as well, which we know sort of happened in Australia and it's gonna be here at some stage. Some banks are all moving at different speeds, but that's also going to be an interesting one to see how that plays out. Um, Simon, what about what about for you? Obviously, pretty new to, to Core Logic, but I'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts in general about what's happened with tech. Obviously, you know, going through COVID and lockdowns, 
the amount that everyone's had to embrace technology and mm -hmm. in some ways it's actually advanced uh, many businesses because of that. You know, do you have any sort of thoughts about where, where the broader industry is going? Yeah. Um, well, look, one thing I'm really proud of at CoreLogic is, you know, we're helping people make decisions with our data. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, you know, and technology, that's where I see, um, you know, things really, really changing in the industry. Um, you know, it, it's making it easier. There's technology available now to disrupt. You know, it's making it much easier for people to buy and sell properties um, and get into home ownership and have the right information they need at the right time to do that. Um, you know, the millennials, um, you know, they're coming of age now and they're going and buying property um, and they have a different view. So one of the things that, um, you know, I think that drives more, more change in that, they're more technology uh, talk technology savvy than, um, than perhaps other generations have been, um, but also what they're demanding, right? The types of communities that they are demanding, where they want to live and how they want to live. The other thing is sustainability, um, you know, green building, eco homes um, going forward. Um, I think that's really hugely important and really, really exciting. Yes, yeah, so it's really just reflecting all those things that are of note and interest to many people today. And I think your point there about the generational differences as well is something that is going to be a, a key challenge for you know many businesses to understand what impact that has on, on their business and their own revenues and things in the future too. So accepting that, embracing technology, and then of course having that concern for the environment. So I think it's a good little good little wrap up there. Viv, um, I wondered about you know where's the future for pins and what are the key things that your members are talking to you about or if you've got any thoughts on you know the focus for pins and where you guys are going in the future yeah nick well look we've got a number of really aspirational projects that i'm incredibly proud of going on at pins right now as you know um but one of the things that i do want to talk about because i want to stay with the theme of the day and that's really about elevating women in our profession um looking at our inclusion culture and the sentiments that we want to weave through what we do so it's certainly not about tokenism and quotas and as you know, I'm really the wrong person to talk about that, to be fair. But it's really about empowering minority and aspiring demographics in the sector to thrive. And of course, gender is one of those demographics. And if International Women's Day has the choose to challenge theme, then here it is right there. It's about encouraging and supporting the professions to create an environment where women want to work and want to be successful. And our membership are actually telling us that they want this. They want to see women joining the profession. But it's no accident that women are underrepresented in certain sectors. And of course, property is not the only one. After all, smart, skilled, competent and confident women have a choice. Um, and we know we do. So somehow this is diminished by many so-called gender equality programs. It's not just about the program. We know women want to exercise their choice in an environment that supports the values, recognises their talent, and really creates an environment where we want to be. So there are things we need to do, and we know this, and then what we really want is these talented women to choose property. Yeah, It's their I, choice. Yeah. No, I like that, and I think it's great to hear that, obviously, coming from you, the potential that, obviously, the business pins um, has to, to help and, and culture and create that culture of that environment as well as is, is brilliant so it's great to hear that vision from yourself and, and from the from pins of course um coming through and um you know it's going to be great working with you um well, with you all over the over the years as well and seeing how this all sort of plays out so um look i think 
we've had a, had a great old chat there, but a few great topics. I, th- I thought I'd just try and round us out, maybe have a bit of fun to, to, to play us out here. We know the borders are still closed and with every extra iteration of, of COVID-19 in the community, you know, it looks further and further away. So we're going to get to do that overseas holiday. But I thought just as a bit of fun, can you give us maybe either your favourite Kiwi holiday spot that people can pick up on? Maybe you don't want to give away the best spot because you've got to keep that to yourself. Um, or maybe the first overseas place you're going to go to as soon as the borders open uh, at the moment. So, Simone, what are you what are you thinking there? Any holidays planned? Uh, well, look, that, that is a real tough one um, in terms of choosing a place in New Zealand. Um, I love everywhere in New Zealand, but got to admit I'm a bit of a Northland girl, so I'd have to say up north. Um, and in terms of overseas destination, um, I love to ski, so Big Sky Montana. Oh, wow, brilliant. Well, um, you obviously know I'm a Northlander. You're playing to my heart because that's where I'm from and that's where I try and get to at the first opportunity anyway. How about you, Deb? Uh, so mine's pretty easy one for me. The, the thing that's going to make the difference is my family. So having been cut off from them from, you know, uh, a fair while, in fact, because we were moving over here, they decided to push off their visits. Um, so, yeah, depending on which way vaccinations go, it'll either be me going back to Europe uh, to see my family or them coming here and then I have to say I cannot pick one place we'll be on a road trip like we've just done because <laughs> um, there are so many beautiful places here yeah absolutely brilliant great calling I do hope all your family and everyone back home are, are doing okay because we know it's obviously a lot harder for everyone overseas than it is in New Zealand and um, so you yeah, hope everything's okay over there thank you go on then Viv what do you reckon <laughs> well, I'm going to buck the trend here, Nick, as usual. So I'm about good food and a busy, bustling environment. So a city girl at heart, really. Um, sort of a bit out of luck at the moment, though, aren't I? But in terms of overseas, I guess um, I guess being Greek, utopia in a remote working environment must be sitting on my balcony in the Argos Saronic Islands. Wow. And um, only 40 minutes from Athens, amazing food. It's a common theme there. And history. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. Bless. You know, Sorry, first plane out is destination Athens. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I love that. I love that. That's exciting times. Um, I think the really interesting thing, like you say, you know, want to be around people and, and get to those hustling and bustling. I suppose you know that's the other thing from our industry. We want to get back to those big conferences where we can all get and meet up and chat and, and share stories as well. So you know, here's here's hoping that it's not too far away. I know that obviously we've had some pretty decent freedom over the last few months and being able to travel a little bit within within the country and, and have some events. I know you guys had your AGM last week too, so I hope that went well, uh, Viv. And as I say, it's hoping to uh, to more opportunities for that in the future as well. So Nick, is this the opportune moment for me to put a really good plug out there for our National Property Conference in July? Yeah, yeah please do. Cordes Hotel in Auckland. I'll see you there. Yeah, that's a great call. I'm just going to pass it back to each of you, really, if you've got any final thoughts and other things you wanted to plug or, you know, feel free to give your details to our listeners if they did want to get in touch with you as well. So was there anything else, Viv? We'll just leave it with the conference. I'm going to leave it right there with the conference. I think we all need get, need to get back to face-to-face. We've had a drought. Agree. I look forward to it. How about you, Debbie? Uh, simple. If you want to get into your dream home, come and talk to us at ASB. <laughs> simple, effective. I like it. And then someone will give you the chance for the last word today. Uh, Well, look, thank you very much, Nick. It's been uh, a pleasure to be on this podcast um, with uh, Viv and Deb. And uh, I think it's just to everyone out there, um, just back to that theme of choose to challenge. Challenge yourself. The world's out there. You can do it.
Brilliant. Well summarised, well ended. Um, just leaves me to say, look, thank you all so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And um, happy International Women's Day as well. So thanks for listening. Please do get in touch with me with any questions or thoughts for future podcasts or different podcast guests we could have on. My details are all in the podcast player that you're listening through. My name is Nick. You've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast Special Edition. Mā te wa.